welcome to the Anytime Notebook. Uh, quite some effort last week. Uh, two non-runners. Uh, Jack Wokmo was pulled after 40 minutes and a nil-nil. Uh, well done us, John, I say. Yeah, it's, it's no wonder this is free content, is it? That is, uh, that's fan- fantastic work by us. Uh, I managed to pick out Watford Total XG, not even set pieces, Total XG of 0.07, which... Um, he, against Bristol City, probably mm. wouldn't have backed at a hundred, well, two hundreds. So we did well there. It's quite, quite unfortunate. I have it on good authority that um, the best bit of this show that people enjoy is us bemoaning uh, missed opportunities for the first ten minutes. But there, were, there were no missed opportunities really. It was a, it was a pretty quiet yeah. week. Although, I guess, irony of Curtis Tilt nodding in across as what most sat on the bench injured in the second half for Wigan. Um, didn't didn't pass without a little roll of the um, roll of the eyes. But yeah, but pretty pretty quiet week. Um, are you anything fall on your radar from last week? I, I think we both looked at League Two, right? And it, there was a there was a there was a big gap of of people creating nothing. I think I, I think I've got my list. Five teams in League Two appear to create nothing. Another five created yes. less than 0.1 xg from set pieces, which was some going. So no wonder we we couldn't pick a winner out of all of those. But yeah, so sometimes you. When I was looking back at last week, I started on League One and had quite a lot of notes. And sometimes you, I then did League Two, and I, sometimes you think, oh, you're just missing it because you've already done quite a lot of work on it. And I looked again, and I thought, well, there's nothing here, which uh, you've confirmed there. I just, it's, um, yeah, it was a bizarre, bizarre week in a lot of ways actually last week. We both landed on um, Harrogate, though, which we thought was interesting. Yes. You know, we 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 don't. We share notes before the pod, right? But we'd both come up with, um, you know, plenty of action coming Harrogate's way. Um, I think your bowls on your list, wasn't he? And, and I went back and had a look at uh, their set plays, their attacking corners over the last few weeks. And it's pretty good, you know, Jaheim Headley and, and Danny Grant deliveries. Um, I think you, you bowl made your list, right, as, as someone to someone to note. But Matuk had a blocked effort as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, some, some good movement. There's this nice bit where I think Mattock, Bowell and Armstrong all kind of sit on the, the penalty spot and then make diverting runs. But it looks like they know what they're doing for a team that's, you know, towards the bottom of um, League Two. I thought they were they were interesting. Uh, probably Mansfield this weekend, not the right spot, but certainly in the notebook from here on in. Yeah, that was um, when I first looked through League Two, I thought I really want to be giving Bur- uh, Warren Burrell spin, like you say, but mm-hmm. um, not this weekend. But... He, there's a little bit of if you like the former club system he did actually play for Mansfield as a very young Ooh. man in 2009 um, this is the new former club system but so long ago he's probably forgotten he's gone from um, off the notebook to auto bet so there we go <laughs> that's, a, that's a, yeah he's not he's not a bad price really but just looking at the the, the matchup this weekend Harrogate oh, I've read a couple of pieces this weekend uh, this week sorry where I think they're having a quite a big of uh, involvement in their style as well because last few games as I'll come on to later they've shipped a lot of goals and a lot of chances but they're definitely playing more football um, even from the set pieces like you say they look like there's a little bit more thought going into them mm. so I think I think they're trying to change quite a lot there and it, it might click soon from anything else in League Two. I've, I, I had two. Um, I've put scrambly type chances for Jack Armour here, who who still hasn't scored for Carlisle. Right, he was probably one of the oh, first no entries that we had. He, way he back yeah, he hasn't had a mention for about a year. No, we, two good, <laughs> yeah, two good chances yeah, just to um, pop his head above the parapet again. Anything else in League Two for you? 
Uh, well, uh, regular mention, Ryan Leake had a fair game against Wimbledon. Uh, nothing amazing. He, he, he's just pretty reliable for a chance or two every week, isn't he, if he plays mm. for Salford. Uh, just on Wimbledon, I've noticed um, my new section every week, niche Twitter accounts. Um, this might be the last week because Twitter might not be here next week. So, indeed. indeed. Uh, yeah, fans of this section will be absolutely gutted. Uh, they won't be able to sleep, I think. Um, we've got Plough Lane by the Numbers, which is a Twitter account to do with uh, Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good account, statistical. Very good, I think yeah. I'm, I've mentioned it before, um, or you have. We're definitely, definitely worth a follow. Um, someone asked him about the corners for Wimbledon and set-piece defending, and he, I'll quote this exactly, uh, pretty sure we started doing something different from corners recently. Both Harry Pell and Josh Davison are spare men on every uh, every situation. Head anything near them, a bit like Henneken did last season uh, in brackets. Seems to be working well. Pell won m- most of the first headers from over half our defensive corners tonight and versus Orient. So I think they're, they're changing something there and they've got uh, Harry Pell's a bit of a man mountain, actually, mm. um, from his Accrington days. He's a very aggressive player. So if they can get him spare, that would definitely help. Uh, I mean, Leek did have a fair chance, but they did quite well. quite well, um, And obviously their results have picked up massively the last few weeks. Mm. Anything more in League One? You said League One, there's a fair bit more going on. Yeah, there was, um, I think... Well, I think Burton are the side to focus on, despite the league position, aren't they? Really, mm-hmm. um, I can I definitely can't say this right, but the J Ostrilar, that's right, and that's that's easy for you to say. <laughs> um, he's probably he's one of the informed defenders or defensive midfielders. Rotates those positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, another five attempts, two from open play as well. Point six one total xG. Uh, and it wouldn't be a pod without mentioning Sam Hughes, would it? I think you, you've noted him as well. I think, yeah, probably best performance from from last weekend for me. Three really good headers against Charlton, yeah. one from the breakdown after a corner, and then two direct from corners, just absolutely towering. You know, well worth the um, almost the half goal XG that he racked up. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's about. It's, I mean, they're just. Um, uh, they both look towering and they're, they're just causing all sorts of problems. Charlton aren't particularly giving up a lot or weren't before that. So mm. there's plenty of signs there. Just uh, from my point of view, a bit of a shame they're playing Plymouth. I'm not that keen on that matchup, but I can understand why people would have a go, at, um, especially Hughes, because he's the bigger price again. Mm. Uh, should should mention um, Pod. Uh, regular um, Ross McIntosh, who's, who's very kindly put up a, um, a blog post for us this week. Check that out on the website if you can. But yeah, in a in a in a week where we're all short of winners, uh, he he nailed um, Sean Rooney for for Fleetwood um, at, a, oh, at yeah. a nice price against uh, Bristol very Rovers good. in a match that he talked up as being competitive, and that's exactly how it how it turned out. Yeah, that was a. Um... Bit of a personal personal issue there, wasn't there, between uh, Rooney and Barton, or potentially? Mm. So that's always a, always something to look out for. And he didn't just score once; he scored twice. So he did even better. He did. Uh, couple, there's a couple more. Uh, Ipswich were very good again, despite the one all with Cheltenham that masked the game. Really, um, what they seem to do, they seem to rotate the main target every week or every game. 
So last weekend it was uh, Luke Wolfenden who scored uh, and basically won everything else as well. Um, they seem to be quite good at mixing it up, which makes it harder to defend against. Uh, so it's quite tricky to pick out who their target is going to be every weekend, but there's normally one, and they had a lot of good output in that game. Um, uh, Derby, uh, young Hayden Roberts, who's on loan from Brighton, mm-hmm. he scored from a set piece. Um, Brighton seemed to have a never-ending list of young defenders for the last five seasons that um, go on loan to the EFL and then go on to bigger things. Uh, he, for some reason, he got a mug from Paul Warren for scoring. I didn't quite. I didn't click on the story. It just said. It just said they gave him a mug. I didn't. <laughs> even I'm not clicking on that. It's probably. Uh, <laughs> probably that, that, uh, even I thought, what am I doing? Clicking on this or looking at this? A um, little bit frustrating. Not that it mattered last weekend, but. Uh, the first thought I had is, oh, that's where Cashin would have been, um, mm. our mate. But, you know, you, you, fair play to him. He took the goal well. Um, one more. Uh, nearly all of Shrewsbury's XG, albeit it was a small total, was from set pieces against Barnsley. Um, our, a man we haven't mentioned, uh, I said I'd kind of given up on him a few weeks ago, but Liam Kitchen had a couple of pot yeah. shots from open play that were actually really well struck. Weren't particularly good XG, but he hit a couple of good shots from outside the box. So he might score sometime this century. You never know. We do, we, we've appeased the people that came here for the for our, us bemoaning missed opportunities, I think, in the yes, first 10 minutes. Yeah. We've, we've done a good job there. We've mentioned enough kind of former players. We've done a good job of mentioning... Um, Defenders that weren't on the pitch that, that would have got on the That's end right. of chances that other defenders <laughs> got on the end of. Yeah. Wish, think... Wishful thinking, that. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll Just take a that. Slight, a slight issue when they're not on the pitch. but If only they'd have been. All we needed was them to be available. And that, that's the only thing we missed. <laughs> Um, let's move on, John, to um, hey, just League One and League Two this weekend. But um, a couple of prices took our fancy. Uh, I'll let you lead us off. I think we're going to League Two first off for you for your nap. That's right. Yeah, the nap is Hiram Boateng for Mansfield at Harrogate, and he's ten to one best price. Now, I don't think any listeners would have had this name down as a possible nap, and I certainly wouldn't have before I started looking at this weekend. Now, Boateng was the big Mansfield summer signing in terms of terms of wages uh, at this level. That is a big signing. Uh, he's on a free from MK Dons. Now, last season, he did manage to score five goals for MK Dons in League One, so that was, that was his best ever league total by a long way. It's been stop-start this season, but he has been injured for a lot of the season. Um, he come, has come back recently, and I noticed that in the last game he was playing more as an attacking midfielder, uh, certainly at times, and there's no reason that wouldn't be the case again here because Mansfield are a bit short of options up front, so I think everyone's naturally pushing forward a little bit. Mm. Uh, I've noticed Will Swan is on the bench a lot at the moment, but I think he's, he's got a broken hand or or a bone in his hand, so they're, they're looking after him uh, because his, his record's been pretty good considering the minutes he's played. But I think Clough said this week that they're looking after him because of a hand injury. Uh, going back to Boateng, it's fair to say he's been known more of a provider than a, a scorer career-wise. Uh, he's played everywhere across the midfield, a lot of defensive midfield in his career. 
He did have two two attempts last week, one set play, one open play. Say so more of a positional thing. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, this Harrogate trying to change the style. Um, it may work in the end, but they've shipped 11 goals in the last four league games, and that's compared to 18 in the previous 14. Mm. So that's quite a small sample, but it. From reading the quotes this weekend, this week, um, the manager said it's you know they're trying to change the style, they're trying to play more football, and he also mentioned that he's been worried about how they've been defending set pieces, which hasn't really come through yet. But as he's mentioned it. I just think it's it's one of those where I think Boateng should be about sevens or eights. It's, it's not massively out of line, but at the the top ten to one, I think he's okay. So it's Hiram Boateng for Mansfield at ten to one. Great. I'm going to put up uh, Declan Drysdale for Newport at 16 to 1, um, ex Gillingham Loney. Um, been on the periphery of things since joining Nor- Newport, but got his first 90 minutes under Graham Coughlin against Stockport last week. Hey, we, you know, not for the first time, we mentioned Mickey Dimitri, long throws, been having a constant discussion on the pod over the last few weeks. But what we always say, John, is Newport missed this dominant centre half to give us a run. We've kind of flirted with. Um, your friend uh, Faki Hazen every every now and again uh, taken by a couple of chances that he had last week um, his first header which came from a breakdown in play still the, still the furthest forward it comes all the way out to the halfway line Aaron Lewis puts it back in the way he attacked the ball he, he attacked the ball like a man that was desperate to to prove himself against a new manager um, you know drawing a good save from, from Ben Shinscliffe in the Stockport net second chance comes from another long throw Cameron Norman flicks it on you can sense as it comes to him he recognises it's a great opportunity probably comes to him a little bit too quick and it's proper kind of head in the hand stuff when he knew that he, he potentially should have put it away but it goes straight into the, the keeper's arms in, in truth you know Gillingham I don't think are giving up much recently um, I keep a little kind of note of kind of three match set piece XG form and there's only Mansfield that are giving up less in the last three games but there's a bit there's just enough here at the price which is a bit of X player constant set piece threat appetite to prove himself in front of a new manager put that all in a pot and stir it around and I like the 16s for, for Declan Drysdale for Newport as they face Gillingham uh, John where are we going next for your next best I like that one. Yeah, we've been trying to get with Newport, haven't we, for a while? So mm. just trying to um, just trying to find the right man. Uh, the next best is a probably a more recognisable name, and it's Michael Ahitway for Sheffield Wednesday against Shrewsbury at fourteen to one. Just a price thing, really. He had a not a good chance, but he took the header well. He was stretching, uh, cleared off the line last weekend by Tommy Lee against Accrington. Uh, I've watched that a couple of times. Um, There's one of those where it looked like it crossed the line to me on some angles. Mm. Certainly very close. Um, so that could have been a goal, but it doesn't really matter either way. It shows he's still a, th- a threat for Wednesday. Um, I've mentioned on it a few times that I don't really think Shrewsby are as bad as the numbers suggest, but and defending set pieces, but the numbers are there. And... Maybe another way of looking at it is, as uh, Steve Cottrell said this week, none of their forward players are actually scoring goals. So you're putting pressure on the side there. You know, they're just not scoring enough goals. So maybe it's just, it's a bit of both maybe. Um, Now, 
He scored a uh, Hickway scored five goals last season for Rotherham. Yet to get going for Wednesday. Uh, as I said, this is just a price thing, really, considering the the match odds and Sheffield Wednesday are heavy favourite. Then I was quite surprised as the biggest fourteens around. So Michael Hickway fourteen to one for Sheffield Wednesday. good to get with a, a, a Sheffield Wednesday threat. Uh, next best for me, um, Kellen Watts, Peterborough, 16-1. to 1. So a couple of reasons for this. Keen to be against Bristol Rovers, who've given up uh, what is like a breakdown from a set piece for one of those Sean Rooney goals last week. They also give up a couple of uh, chances to Josh Earl as well against Fleetwood. So, so plenty to be going off there before that couple of cash-in headers uh, against Derby. And then even before that, McGuinness and Hickway, who you've just mentioned, chances against Sheffield Wednesday. So I think, you know, Peter, uh, Bristol Rovers is one of the teams I want to be against. It, but Peterborough, when, you, when I first look at it, you think, well, they're kind of notoriously short of backable options in most markets because the market tends to mm. tends to be a bit defensive for everything that Peterborough do. But I wonder if... Uh, uh, the lack of match action and a kind of slow return to the starting eleven might just give us a bit of value at sixteen to one here. Um, been a stop-start few years, I think, for Watts on loan from Newcastle. First in the notebook when you know, he, he did look a proper threat for Plymouth a few seasons back. John, you you astutely mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think that you know what goes into making up the prices, and it's that lack of recent XG. And I think that might be the case here because he's injured in pre-season, but has been working his way back with minutes in the under-21s. A few cut games here or there. Got a couple of 90 minutes under his belt against Salford and Exeter in recent weeks. So I'm hoping that he's fit. He starts this weekend because he, he finishes you know, last season really well for Wigan. Seven shots in 10 games, I make it. Another example, just like the first selection of a player, kind of desperate to, to, to make their way back into the team, prove their worth. And I thought the 16-1 to 1 for Callan Watts for Peterborough against Bristol Rovers was just about uh, a price to give us a bet. Um, John, there was, there, was, there was a fair few on my list that um, I felt I could have backed this weekend, it, I thought the layers had done a pretty good job. Um, you know, congratulations to them. But in a, in a weekend where I thought their their heads might have been turned to events in Qatar, um, there wasn't that much value. Lots of players that I would have liked to have put up, but the wrong price. Who was who was almost on your list? Yeah, same thing really. Uh, I've got written here championship none. That's good, shrewd advice, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> No, nothing in the championship this week, folks. You know, be, be careful out there. Um, <laughs> League One now. Um, mentioned this way back in our pre-season preview. Matty Taylor for Oxford. Um, now, good to get a striker mentioned. Nice short price. Um, now, I did mention then he's a very streaky forward, especially the last few seasons. Well, he's been completely bone dry until last weekend, where he scored his first brace of the season. Um, now, he's only 6-1 to one to score 2-plus this weekend, but considering they're playing Forest Green, that is... I actually think that's okay if anyone's looking for a shorter price. Um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be at all surprised if he got a couple or even three in, in that game. So I think that's okay for Matty Taylor. Now, the, the game I really wanted to find something in, which I couldn't, was Cambridge against Accrington. Mm-hmm. Uh, tick off Accrington being mentioned by me on your bingo card. Uh, just just for a change, I thought I'd mention Accrington, but not in a positive way. Uh, Sean McConville's uh, pulled his hamstring, so he's out till Christmas, which is going to be massive for them 
for attacking threat and set plays. Uh, Pritchard is missing as well, which is their other flair player, if you like, going forward. Uh, Astley's out in defence. Uh, he's going to be missing for a few more games. Um, all the previous long-term defensive injuries I've mentioned probably a hundred times by now. But the problem is you look at Cambridge and you just uh, it's a bit like crew. You just think, oh, um, they're, they're bottom of the XG created from set pieces for a reason. Um, there's not second bottom, sorry, but there's not a lot there. The only one I almost went with was Lloyd Jones. He did have a couple of fair efforts in the last game, but I couldn't quite pull the trigger there. Have you got any view on Cambridge? I just couldn't yeah, find anything. I was just about to, as you were talking, I was just about to mention Lloyd Jones. So I've got yeah, a couple oh, of um, couple of headers in the last game, and I don't see yeah. what price he is, but but agree with um, Cambridge options are pretty few and far between. It's, uh, it's 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 one of those while you're looking at that. Um, this is one thing I've I've started to think about a bit more. Is you look at a side like Accrington now. You take away McConville, you take away Pritchard, that's putting a lot of pressure on them. Mm. It's like a, it's not going to impact what we're looking for, but it is another way in that they're going to, I think they're going to struggle to create and they're going to probably be under more pressure, etc. So you, you look at it from more than one way, but what mm. Jones is, I think he's a, he's a, he was an okay price. 12s, 12s, 13s. Yeah, no, no, I just couldn't. Mm. I think I wanted like 16s to be honest. He, He's not really, but I think that's just the the nature of Cambridge rather than particularly him. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was um, anything. Who did you like in League One? The, the, you know, wanting to back players at you know the other side of sixteen to one was a was a common theme. So after being against Barrow last week, um, you know Hartlepool was a great spot for them. Desperate to back, you know someone like George Ray or Niall Canavan, you know, but. You know, yeah. all the wood in the world couldn't bring me to back yeah. Niall Canavan at what 12, 13 to 1. So both of them are the wrong yes. price. Um, I thought Ryan Delaney, if, if for Morecambe, if you have a Unibet account, then he was a good price. But if you're interested in backing any time goal scorers, you probably haven't got a Unibet account. So I'll, that's feel a bit of a fraud of putting that one up. Um, Nathan Smith, the wrong side of, of 12 to 1, even for Port Vale against Charlton. We mentioned about them, their defence giving plenty up against Burton last week. Um, yeah, they were they, they were the first ones on my list, and as we as hopefully we're good at doing, which is which is, you know, I'm sure I'm sure other podcasts would have gladly put up some of those selections. They may very well go in, but hey, you know, we know when the price is is not the one we want to be at, so we're gladly kind of pass them over. Um, yeah, anything else know. on on your? I saw our um. Our favourite Doncaster right back is getting some. Uh, oh, here we go. Getting some yeah. praise from from all over the place. He's uh, we we knew we knew two years ago when he um never, when he never uh, yeah you, we're talking about not that anyone who's listened to this doesn't know who this is but um yeah just uh, Doncaster again they're playing Colchester so uh, I was very keen to be against Colchester last weekend. They didn't give up anything except piecewise against Crew, as we expected, but they still lost to Crew. Um, I think this is a great spot for Doncaster. Um, Carl Knoll, uh, the right back, now right, right wing back. Uh, since Schofield's taken over, he's a genuine right attacking right wing back. Two chances from inside the six yard box last week. Uh, he's had a few from set pieces as well, to be fair. Um, and just, uh, I think you said he was Player of the Month nomination as well. He, he was. He was picking up plenty of plaudits, yeah. Yeah. I, this is one of those where 
I've got a mental block in my head because we were backing him probably last season at fifties and forties, and oh yeah, I think just trying uh, to find I, his I, price now. Yes, but. and I know I know it's different because Doncaster were completely tailed off, and now they're on a good run, and it's the division below, and he is actually playing more further forward. Mm. So I was happy to take a bit shorter, but I think is he 12's best? 12's um, best, yeah. Wow, that's a big I, just, I don't know why. I, I actually think if you if you didn't look at the name and looked at the last few games, that price is fair. Mm. Um, there's another, but we know the name. Um, the other one who is a player I like, and I know you've liked, uh, Joseph Olowu is, is back fit this week. Um, he's been out for, I think it's probably two months now for Doncaster. Mm. Bad facial injury. I know he's wearing a facial mask. Um, that sounded a bit partridge, isn't it? Facial mask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing is, I don't think they're rushing back because they're on a good run at the moment. Yeah. Um, and Schofield did say, in the, from what I could gather, Tommy Rose back fit, and I think he'll play, which is another boost for them in general. But the way that Schofield was talking, he said, we don't need to rush uh, Alowu back. But we know how good he is. He, he just seems to pop up with goals as well. Um, a very uh, sort of a good finisher, if you like, for a defender. Uh, if he, if for some reason he did play, I think he's a very, he's a fair price there because he's been missing as well. He's he's bigger than he was before he went mm-hmm. missing. So he's one I've got my eye on for the next few weeks. Really, so I don't think he'll play. Excellent. The return of um, the return of Doncaster threats. Which is always uh, music to the ears yes. of any time punters. Um, John, it would be remiss of us not to mention uh, what's going on over the, the next four weeks. Um, how is your World Cup shaping up? Um, have you, have you, uh, are you looking at it? Are you? Um... Who, who cares? Who cares is the, uh, the first thought. But <laughs> no, I'm not really. I've looked at it. It's not um, not not being political really. I just it's more of the middle of the season thing. I don't really like it. It just doesn't feel right, which a lot of people have said, I know. Um, this, this World Cup, more than any, feels like I just want to get it started, just so you get a sense of yes. momentum and atmosphere. And it just it just feels like very quickly, in my head, I still can't picture almost you know, how people are going to adjust to the conditions, what the atmosphere at the stadiums is going to be like. It feels like um, until that first game kicks off. Um, although I have got circled here, Bassam, Al Rawi anytime for Qatar in the first game. So um a genuine genuine tip that is. I'll um I'll put that up on the uh on can the old tweet you, can, machine. Can, can you spell that for us for the uh... Oh it's, it's written out right in front of me. Yeah, you, you, you this is he's he's Elkham Baggett type um threat from set pieces <laughs> in my book. <laughs> Tower, <laughs> towering. It, it's see a sea of blue the, already uh, on odds check. It's the only time uh, anywhere in the world those two will be mentioned in the same <laughs> sentence, I'd imagine. <laughs> Basam um, Alwawi and uh, yeah, Michael Ahikwe. There you go. Um, partners on the uh, yeah. the Anytime Pod. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll have plenty of opinions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it'd be interesting because it's like you say, it's got the feel like it could be quite an upsetty sort of tournament with random results. Mm. But uh, I don't know. But everyone's saying that. But um, you still got golf between the teams. The only one I will. Um, I'm not really putting it up, but I'll mention it to people. Um, I did, did mention it earlier today to a few people, including yourself. Um, now, how, how how's your how's your Canada top goal scorer of you? Um, 
limited. I know, I know you've got. I know you've got one. Yeah. <laughs> so was mine until I uh, was a bit bored and thought I'd delve into it. Um, now you're an expert. Yeah, oh yeah. I know. I know. Basically, with this market, as anyone can see, uh, Canada have actually got. Uh, this is me being naive or not really paying attention, but they've got three genuine class attackers. They've got Jonathan David, who mm-hmm. is tearing up the French league with Lille, I think. He's 2 to 1 5. They've got a chap called Sile Larin, who scored 31 goals in Turkey, not this season, the season before. And they've also got Alfonso Davies, who people know from Bayern Munich, who plays left back there, but plays almost as a striker here. Now, um, I think David and Larin is a little bit too much for price discrepancy. They've got similar international records. Larin. You can get six to one, uh, Laren, which is probably okay. I think Davies uh, is short just because of the name, really, even though he's a threat. Now, it's got to be a centre back and it's got to be a veteran, isn't it? Um, you'd already guessed that. Uh, <laughs> anyone who listens to this, um, chap called Stephen Vittoria, who is a 35 year old centre back, actually Portuguese, um, but has qualified for Canada for a while now. Um, good club career, good club record. Uh, some of that, well, a fair chunk of that is penalties, to be fair, which unfortunately won't be taken here. But if he was, he wouldn't be this price. He scored against Japan in a friendly yesterday, tapping from a set piece. He's got a decent club record, even if you take away the penalties. Um, he also has a very good uh, direct free kick, which you might get a few of here. Mm. Now, that there is actually 50 to 1 about. Uh, Canada team goals, tournament goals, the spread is 2.7 to 3. So if if Victoria can manage to sneak one, then, you know, you might win it. You might be in a tie. That's the theory here, really. Um, I was deliberating whether two out of the 33s, but I think 50s, it just tempted me in. So if anyone really um, wants an interest on the Canada top goal scorer, try Stephen Victoria at 50s. That is, I I didn't before you before you mentioned it this yeah. afternoon, but yeah, I do now. Uh, two, yeah, two in two, right in the in the last couple, which is good. Yeah, I didn't see. Yeah, he's. Um, I think I put um, in, in in where I sent it you early. He's the joint since qualifying. He's he's if you like joint top scorer. Doesn't mean a lot. It's not a lot of games, but he he, he is a genuine threat anyway. From a very long career, I think he's in Mexico now. He's played all over the shop. He started at Porto. Yeah, um, Benfica. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's a decent player. He's obviously wrong side of thirty now. Uh, but yeah, we, and we're going to be cheering on Junior Hoylet to supply the um, set pieces. <laughs> it really is a it's a bizarre world, but yeah, we're living it, as they say. Awesome. Uh, on that note, John, uh, we shall uh, we a lot of those games kick off on Friday next week, so we'll perhaps put a pod in nice and early, maybe Thursday night, just so um, yeah, the games are. Split over two days next weekend, I think. But some on Friday, some on Saturday. So we won't let that catch us out. But until then, uh, be lucky. Um, and we'll speak to everyone next week. Thanks for listening, everyone.